to full energy From bed right here cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Look on the other day, eat up or get two We're gonna win the trophy, we're overdue Now we do the double, make it deja vu It's a move, learn your ting, girl, but it's only on the wing Harry's one of our own island It's only got money, but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking We're the show side, we're the show side We're the show side, what we see We're the show side, we're the show side Now it's a new flood to be Yo, 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 it's the Shelf Side Podcast, episode 71. This is your Spurs podcast, from the fans to the fans, and we bring that interaction that you love, we bring that banter, we bring that energy, and we bring that insight. This week, gladly I'm not my own, but we have no Kwabna. Kwabna is taking care of business on the other side of the world. He is keeping up his 13% travel to the rest of the world. You know what he's like. So this week we are joined by a very special guest, first time on the show, and he is a former panellist on Never Part the Bus podcast and the former host of On the Corner of Park Lane, a Spurs podcast. It is none other than Jimmy. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, pal. I'm good. How are you doing? Not so bad. Not so bad. Um, good. Probably a little bit better than you because I didn't watch the game <laughs> yesterday. But we will get into that in a second. So, Jimmy, it's been a while. It's taken a while to get you on the pod. You flirted with coming on before. Yeah, yeah, then... yeah. Sorry, sorry. Been a been a bit of a busy boy. Uh, I'll be honest, it's the missus. No, no. we both got to get up early. And so, depending on what time we're recording as to whether I'm allowed or not. <laughs> I hear that, I hear that. So we won't keep you too long because it is late in the evening. But um, thank you for joining. I wanted you on especially because... Pleasure, pleasure. You, 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 don't, you don't mind being controversial. You don't mind getting your opinions out there and across. And we often have different opinions. So it's good to get that contrast. But we both are fans of the beloved Tottenham Hotspurs and have been for some time. Yeah. So you're new to the show. So I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of what we do here we're going to shout the new cities because we love our listeners and we love them joining us from all over the globe so i'm going to do that then we're going to get into some spurs questions to see how spursy you are because we're all a little bit spursy so we're going to do that in a second but i'm going to shout the new cities um usually at this time i ask kwabna as he traveled 13 percent of the world I name the city and he tells me which country um, that city is in. Okay. Jimmy, do you think you can take that mantle up? Um, I'll have a Don't go. Have to. I'll have a, have a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be all right with capital cities when I was a kid. So uh, yeah. let's, let's see Let's see if I, I've continued to be cultured or just been an ignorant <laughs> so-and-so in a corner. <laughs> okay. Well, the thing is, my ignorance may not help your ignorance because <laughs> it's the pronunciation sometimes that is the problem oh, okay. of, these, of these cities. But I've got St. Helier, which I'd never heard of, but maybe you Jersey. have. Good man. Shout out to the guys in St. Helier. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Um, new city this week. And I think we've only got one more new city this week. Um, international city, that is. And that's Dubois. P.A. Maybe we've had you before, but Where? Dubois, P.A. P.A. in the United States. So oh, P.A. You... is uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, so, 
yeah, I, I haven't. I've been to Pennsylvania. Um, spent three months out there football coaching. I was in Philadelphia mainly, but got to travel to Delaware. No, that's not in Pennsylvania. Uh, I was obviously up in New York, New Jersey, all down the East Coast. So, um, so yeah, see, I haven't been to, but nonetheless, um, yeah, some somewhere that, that that I like and very fond of. Okay, Krobna, my friend, you have a rival. You have somebody who gives the backstory to the city, not just showing off saying, I know that city. He's been there. Jimmy, when you get the chance, mate, do me a favour, download the app. I'm going to tell you what the app is once Krobna gives it to me. It, it breaks down and works out what percentage of the world you have travelled. He has travelled 12.5% of the world, and let's find out what you have travelled. So when the next time you come on, you, you know, two can you know show what? us the sizes of your cocks. Yeah, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll have a go at that. But I'm just thinking that there might there might be something in that where we can uh, compete against each other or do some sort of travel thing against each other at some stage or even together. Um, maybe we should have that conversation separately. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We will do something. That's kind of um, that out of the way. Thank you, guys. We love you to join us from all walks of the world. So please keep doing so. Please keep sharing and enjoying the pod as you do. So, Jimmy, it's time. New to the pod. Yeah. Spurs fan. Yep. We've got to see how Spurs you are. <laughs> Quick fire question. We're going to ask you some questions just to get a vibe and a feel from where your energy is coming from, from your right. side. Cool, cool, all right. Cool. So how long have you supported Spurs? Since before I was born. There wasn't Since a choice. It, yeah, it was in the blood. My dad, my dad was born in Northumberland Park. He was actually born in his house, whereas me, my mum and my brother were all born in North Mid Hospital. So he was about a 15-minute walk. My dad was about a five-minute walk. Um, uh, what was he? I can't remember what road it was, which I'll be in trouble for now. But basically, Northumberland Park, top of Park mm-hmm. Lane, um, less than a five-minute walk. And... As a kid, I can remember leaning out my nan's window when Spurs are at home and hearing them cheer and then quickly checking teletext to see if we had scored or not. <laughs> That's how close <laughs> <Quality>. we were. <laughs> right, and it probably makes sense as to why the name of the pod was On the Corner of Park Lane. <sighs> yeah. There you go. It's insightful stuff coming <laughs> out now. Didn't know that before, but and I've been on that pod, and now I know it. Yeah. Leave in or out? Out. See ya. Uh, thanks for the memories see ya (laughs) thanks for the stadium Um, why word yes or no Um, yes I I, I don't want to go off topic I know we're talking about football and you and I can talk about it until the cows come home but I think we have to be sensible we have to look at the context in which it's used Um, we have to look at the I don't fully agree with this whole reclamation of a word. Like that's a, that's a bit of a, a moot point for me. But I think when you look at the context in which it's used, it's used in an endearing manner. It's not used in a in a negative connotation as other words that are associated with race are. So I, you know, I think while some people may be offended, and I never ever mean to offend them, for me, it's an affectionate term for for who we are as part of our, our identity as fans. I hear that and well put. I definitely hear that and I'm I'm similar, pretty much the same on that point. Um favourite Spurs player of all time? Um I think we covered this or uh, one of the one of the episodes uh, yeah, we've we done. Did. Um for me, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann will always, always, always hold a special place in my heart. 
Um, very briefly, my dad had told me about him, so without seeing him or knowing him, I idolised Jürgen the German, who'd done the famous dive. When I scored mm-hmm. my first ever goal uh, under sevens football, I'd done the dive as a celebration, not knowing what it was or what it meant. <laughs> and then he came back to White Hart Lane, and after three or four games, um, everyone wanted his autograph, and he was in a car with Nicola Berti at the time. And he pointed and called me through the crowd when every when the stewards were telling everyone to stand back. He's not stopping. He's zooming out. Get out of the way. You don't want to get hit by the car. And he literally plucked me from the crowd, called me to his car. So I jumped the barrier, ran up to him, and he signed my hand because I didn't have any paper for him to sign. And as he done it, I said, please sign my hand. I haven't got anything. I've always wanted to meet. And I told him what I just told you. Imagine an excited eight, nine, ten-year-old yeah. kid. And... Um, and he just he just took my hand very gently. He said, "I can't sign your hand. I'll get in trouble by your dad." As he signed my hand, and I've still got the photo. <laughs> I didn't want to wash that say, hand for about a week. Do you still have the hand? Yeah, yeah. I've got the hand. Yeah, but the, the signature faded. <laughs> I mean, a bit older, maybe I could have got it tattooed in. But <laughs> true, true. He's got story. a very long signature. It's a long name. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. It, it keeps looping and going and going. It's quite funny. <laughs> very stylistic. Okay, I love that story, by the way. I have heard it before, but to all those who haven't heard it, it's a great story. Um, what's your favourite Spurs team over the years? That's tough because I think the year we finished third when Leicester won the league, uh, mm-hmm. the buzz and the love and the affinity with the club and, and, and what Poch brought to that club... But I also have to give a very, very special shout-out to the Harry Redknapp era when we had Modric and, and Van der Vaart and, and players like that coming through, you know, and, and Robbie Keane and, and Berbatov. Um, we, had a, we had a special era. I think Berbatov might have been just before Redknapp, if I don't remember rightly. Yeah, but, I think um, so. Yeah, but, but when Redknapp first got us into that Champions League and I went to Bremen away and it was the first time and I went to Milan away when Bale got that hat-trick and that was actually the day before my birthday so I was travelling back on my birthday. Um, nice. So so that, that team, because I've real had an affinity. I also got to give a shout-out to the George Graham team. Um, might be a bit unpopular, but... I'm, I'm raising my eyebrows. Uh, well, as a kid, you know, I'd never seen us win anything. My dad had seen... The, the 61 glory. team, all the glory yeah. told me about it. And he got us to Wembley. That was the first cup final, first time I'd ever been to Wembley for a game. It was the old Wembley as well, which I prefer, incidentally. Um, and we went on to win a cup, and it was a hard contested game against Leicester. Uh, and Alan Nielsen got that, that diving header, header. late yeah. on. Justin Edinburgh got sent off. Ginola, uh, I think, put the cross. Savage. In, uh, uh, Robbie Savage got... Um, uh, Justin sent off, Justin yeah. sent off over nothing and everything. Yeah. Um, I just remember being there and the whole coach journey in the morning and the coach journey on the way back and the atmosphere. And so that gave me a really special childhood memory. So that team, that squad and, and that manager will, will live long in the memory for sure. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, a player we were linked with that you wish we had signed, and that's probably the whole world. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Just pick one. Let, let's, let's, let's not have linked with, because depending on what newspaper you read, there isn't a player we haven't been linked with. But when yeah. we actually listen to ex-managers, ex-players, say about how they yeah, exactly. came to Spurs, whatever, let, let's take that smaller pool. Take take um, Harry's pool of players, then. Harry's pool of players, then. Yeah, Harry, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, uh, one that has to come to mind is Eden Hazard. Uh, apparently that deal was done until Chelsea won 
the the Champions League that year yeah. and then he changed his mind. I mean, wow, if we could have had him. Um, but more recently, one that really, really irks me, and this is Levy again, uh, Bruno Fernandes. That deal was on the table to be done. Um, so I've heard. And, and we walked away over a couple of minutes. Jack Grealish, another one. Um, yeah. Honestly, there's too many to name. And they all fall back to one man. And that's why I said I want him out of the club. Okay, there you go. A non-Levy fan in the room. Um, Favourite sick note player? So you're <laughs> yeah. Darren Ander and Tyvee, a bit of a controversial one, but hey. Um, that's hard because Darren was the original sick note and I don't yeah, think we've had... We've had people who have come and got injured. I mean, I remember Willem Corston. Uh, when he signed, and he looked oh, like he yeah. could be a good player for us at the time. I think he free only managed two Man or three United. games. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he managed two or three games and had a hip injury and had to retire from football. I mean, horrendous I know, for a young tough. kid. Um, um, but somebody who's more unlike Villian Corston, who was unfortunately had to retire, so that injury uh, usually I'd, I'd, crippled Honestly, him. I'd say someone like Bale, because how much more would he have played for us without the injuries, or even Harry Kane for that matter? I so. mean, Bale's second time around. And first, he got injured enough times just before yeah, he went to yeah. Madrid. Um, he did, he did. Yeah. Pardner coincidentally says Kane is his favourite sick note player, and <laughs> I get it, because he's guaranteed to get injured every season. Well, it might do him a favour this season, Jesus. <laughs> Let's get on to that in a bit. Jimmy, don't jump the gun. Don't jump. I know you've got a lot to say oh, on that matter. The <laughs> um, you've given me your best Spurs memory, I think, unless it's different to what you've mentioned already. Oh, there's so many good ones. Um, uh, one, one I will mention real briefly is the last day at the old White Hart Lane. Um, that was oh, a really good amazing, day for yeah. me for a number of reasons. Um, my Sunday team, Grange Park, we had our cup final that day and we won it in the morning. 1-0, scored in the 89th minute. <laughs> uh, I yeah, didn't. You scored a winner? No, not me. Oh. A guy called Steve scored a header. Come on off the bench, scored a header. 89th minute and we, uh, we won that 1-0. You're, you're Alan Nilsson. <laughs> yeah, oh, nah. To be fair, he's, he's a bit bit better than Alan Nielsen uh, technically, I reckon. But good plan nonetheless. Um, and then we we all obviously got down to Spurs as quick as we can, and then we managed to get on the pitch. I'd done a Klinsman dive on the pitch, which was good in my oh, Spurs shirt. Nice. Um, but obviously, it was a season undefeated at home. Um, I think that was, that was a special amazing. season. Um, again, there was a lot of love, the the atmosphere, and everything. Um, so yeah, th- there's many, many favourite memories. I, I can't pick one, but but I think that's one that maybe I haven't mentioned before, and, and one I love. My brother also, um, you know, Ricky got got. Um, mm-hmm. I quickly hoisted him up, and he jumped on the crossbar, and someone snapped the, paper, the picture, and it ended up in the paper before the stewards ripped him down. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. <laughs> They're still looking for him, so we won't. We'll quickly move on. Um, <laughs> most pay- most painful transfer, not. Um, not not one. not the one who shall not be not named. Yes, exactly. Judas. Most most painful transfer. What out of Spurs? Out of Spurs, yeah. Or into Spurs if it's <laughs> that bad. <laughs> There's been a couple in there that you think, eh? Um, yeah. Nah, I mean, look, anyone who's come and played for the badge, you got you got to give them the respect at least on that element. Um, players out of Spurs. Yeah, this is a this is a real tough one. I was sad when Robbie Keane went. I was sad when Defoe went. I was mortified when Klinsman and Bale both went. Um, 
there's been a few. All those players you mentioned play for Spurs twice, coincidentally. I know, um, which is good <laughs> because they all come yeah. back. But the first yeah. time they went um, was upsetting. I think the way you phrased the question leads you to think someone who you now dislike because of it. I can't think of many players. Not necessarily, not necessarily dislike. Just, just like yeah, Bell no, going when he did could have been really painful because he was truly well. I'll be honest. When he went, I was gutted. I remember putting something on my Facebook. My cousin telling me off for of some of the language I used to describe Levy at the time mm-hmm. uh, for letting that happen because that felt like the heart and soul had been ripped out of the club uh, to me at that point because we we suddenly started to get somewhere special I'd just begun to forgive Levy and then uh, he got rid of Poch and I'm sure we'll come on to that a little bit more mm-hmm. okay can we get okay. can we transfer Levy out is that possible <laughs> well if someone comes in enough with, along with enough money to tempt Joe Lewis to stay on his yacht Sniper and rifle take a bunch it. yeah well we need something we need something anyway let's move it on Let's move it on. That was less painful than what we're going to talk about, so I didn't mm. mind it taking longer than I'd originally envisaged. Okay. So I didn't watch the game on Sunday. Um, Kwabna is obviously not here. Well, I think so now. So tell me how we lined up. Tell me what the vibe was. Tell me what went wrong, Jimmy, in your own words. What went wrong? Uh, so, all right, the easiest way I can sum this up is uh, my dad said, my mum said at halftime, I was watching mum and dad, and mum said, we need to make some changes at halftime. Um, she, she often states the obvious, she's good at that. Um, yeah. And dad said, well, I don't know who he's got to bring on from the bench, and asked me to start naming the bench. And I literally said to my dad, I think he should drag them all off and go into the crowd and pick 11 randoms and stick them out second half, because there'll be a bit more fight and spirit about them than what, what I've just watched. Um from the Spurs end, that is. Yeah. Well, either played them from the Arsenal end, they still wouldn't have been <laughs> as bad as what they were. Uh, they might as well have been playing for Arsenal, some of them. Um, embarrassing, spineless, um, uh, demoralised. Um, these words make the performance look good, by the way, if they was only them things. The first half was okay. nothing short of... Uh, it was up there with the worst Spurs performances I've ever seen. And I've been going as so, a season ticket holder since I was 10 years old. So let's put into context then. Let's put into context because I didn't watch the game. I saw the lineup. I saw that we reverted back to what was our strongest back five on or back four on paper, if you not including Louise. So we started with Tanganga at right back, um, Dyer, Sanchez, and on paper um, the team looked good on paper the team looked good okay and and there was a couple of comments in whatsapp groups about is it balanced in the midfield blah 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 different argument the players the 11 players that were named were good enough to match or better that arsenal side i can take losing even to them if we've gone out i remember we lost 5-4 at home to them in a real thriller of a game and we lost and the team got clapped off the pitch and I, I looked at my dad confused at the time. How have we been clapped off the pit? We just lost 5-4 to Arsenal. And our fans are going home with a smile on their face, cheering and happy. It was because of the performance they had put in. And if you battle and you show spirit and you show guts and determination, the only one that did was Oliver Skip when he come on. Right? Um, it, it's an absolute disgrace. And those players need to take a long, hard look at themselves. All right? It can't keep being the manager's fault. Oh, this one's Nuno's fault, is it? Oh, what, what about Jose? What about Poch? What about before that? 
no, sorry. Some of them players need to grow up a little bit and have a little look in the mirror at themselves. And definitely, definitely, it's all, there's always going to be a mixture of reasons why you play so badly, don't show up. Um, Nuno made some comments in the press or afterwards about making a mistake tactically um, and then trying to correct that mistake. What Do you know what that mistake was and was it uh, evident? You didn't... I don't know where those comments were. I watched him on Sky Sports after the uh, initial uh, conversation, um, you know, when, mm-hmm. when, when they ask him, hey, what happened today, blah, blah. Not the actual press... Uh, the post-match press conference, the the immediate yeah. aftermath on telly. Um, and he said to him, I can be, I could easily be reading into this because I've already, I already think I know what's going on and I'm, I'm reading between the lines and comments and demeanors and I'm, I'm putting my blame somewhere. So maybe I'm only looking at the evidence that supports what I want, but Nuno spoke on there. And they asked him a question about what went wrong. And one of the things he mentioned was the game plan. And Jeff, uh, whatever his name is, um, was asking Nuno. Stellin. Is it Stellin? Yeah. Um, Asked him, you know, do you have to bear some other responsibility? And honestly, I wish I could have given the man a hug at that point because he stopped. He took a breath. He looked down and then he looked dead in his eye. And I believe that he's either... He's either up for an Oscar at the next Oscar ceremony or he's a very genuine, honest man. And I think it's the latter from what I've seen of Nuno when he was at Wolves and now. Um, And he just said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, He said, I can't remember his exact words, but it was along the lines of the people that were out there didn't execute what was asked of them. Now, he he was either hinting at players are just doing their own thing and don't give a crap or he was hinting at and you have to go back and watch it to to make up your own mind um that something wasn't right somewhere at the club someone else is pulling the strings and telling him what to do um and he just sort of stopped short of actually saying it and he said you know what i'm saying and and jeff said I understand what you're saying. And they quickly turned the conversation. Now I'd need to go back and watch it three or four times to analyze it. I haven't done since. Um, but I urge people to go back and watch that. And the reason I say that is because I look at other comments and I know the, the press are a nightmare at the best of times, right? But anything for a headline, but I look at the reports come in that the players, senior players are so called unhappy that Steve Hitchin and, um, Patrice, is it? We're on the bench at the Man City. Paratachi. Paratachi. Um, Paratachi, yeah. Uh, apparently, they're unhappy that they were in the dugout at the home games and barking orders from the side. Straight away, that's undermining the manager. But apparently, senior players didn't like that. I look back to comments from people like Kieran Trippier when he left and said, uh, you know, I can't speak as to the reasons I'm leaving, but I can tell you the problem isn't the players and it isn't the manager. It's above that. Um, I look at other, I know there's rumours and things go round, but you look at certain things, you look at the way things are handled, look at the, look at the way Martin Yole was sacked all them years ago, look at the way Harry Redknapp was let go, look at the people we then brought in to deal with them. I mean, I, again, controversially, I liked Tim Sherwood as a manager when he was there because he was honest and he was raw and he spoke, you know, he turned around and said, there are players in that dressing room that are gutless. 
Um, and to be fair, he, he was the first one I heard use the word capitulated, and I don't think the press have stopped using it since. Um, <laughs> but but he sat and there, and people are still it. wearing gilets as well. Exactly. <laughs> but but he, he, I mean, he balled out in the Bill Bentaleb. And um, Bentaleb said years later, recently in a, in an interview. Do you know what my attitude was bad, and those people was yeah, right? He told attitude. me, yeah. uh, you know. So, so all of a sudden, Tim Sherwood ain't the bad guy. I'm not saying he was the best coach or the best manager, but he was honest and he was real about what was going on. And some, Tim Sherwood did a decent did, job. You know, even he did Ryan a Mason job. done a decent job for the hand he was dealt. What, oh, what more did you expect from him? No, what more did you expect know. from him? An absolute oh, novice of know. a manager thrown into an absolute shark tank. Oh of yeah, a yeah, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean. Well, I'm, I'm not his... saying I'm not saying he was the answer. Let's keep him, but I'm saying for what he was asked to do, I don't think unless there was a lot of luck on his side, he could have done much better. I mean, Frank Lampard, look what he done at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you no, know? of course, that's a good that's a good comparison when you bring Frank into it and you know, having I, I, managerial I have experience, like but didn't do it. No, no, I'm just saying I, I, he didn't do a good job, but you make a good point. Um, what could he have done with the hand that he was dealt? Which is a fair point. But let's bring so, so it back to, answer, to the present day. Yeah, well, to, to answer your, your point of what went wrong, all right, and this is, mm-hmm. we were talking before, this is this is where I break down. There can only be three parties to blame here. It can only be mm-hmm. the players. Uh, well, it can be a combination of, but it can only be the players, the manager, yep. or the ownership. Let's talk about the players first. I know a lot of fans are disillusioned and fed up of Eric Dyer playing centre-half. Okay, Is he good enough as a centre-half to be in a top-four Premier League team, challenging for titles, cups, medals and all the rest of it? Answer, probably not. However, probably. However, he reminds me of, and I don't mean this in terms of playing style or quality, I mean this in terms of his heart, a Tony Adams or a Paul Ince type player, he will run through brick walls for you. He will put his body on the line for you. He will play and play and play until he's bleeding and battered and tired. Okay. And there are two or three people like that in our team. Okay. Mora is another one who will not stop running. Lamella was one to a degree, although I do think it was right that he went. Um, He was another one who was blood and guts. And you need a bit of that in your team. So I will never, ever have a go at diet. If someone's given me 100% and it's just not good enough, at least they give me 100%. There are players out there not giving 100%. Those I'm are the players that need to look at themselves. I hear you. I'm happy for 100%, but Dyer's not good enough. No, now, no, no. And that's I like fine. what Dyer brings. Yeah, I like what Dyer brings. Um, I like what he brings into the dressing room in terms of his multilingual nature. He's a calming figure. He's a person who brings people together and is not afraid to speak his mind. And like you say, he will run for a brick wall. When he's on the pitch, he will do everything he can in his nature. I just don't think as a centre-half, he senses danger and reads the game well enough. No, no, no. And And I'd agree with that. And and that's what I say about his quality. But if he's given me everything he's got versus I've got another player who might be better in terms of quality but isn't giving me even 50%, I will pick my 100% of every day of the week. So all I'm saying is when we, as fans, when we jump on the bandwagon of these people, let's actually look at the people that are giving everything they can and the people that are just doing it and going home and don't really care about it and will be watching the golf in the afternoon or the F1 or whatever. Yeah, there, there, is a, there is a world of difference in those players, and you can see it on the pitch. Yeah. So where, so where so, are you? Where are you laying the blame? If you're so not blaming, I am blaming. Um, I am laying twenty percent mm. max of the blame on the players, but okay. the players that don't apply themselves. 
Okay, the bit I don't blame the players for is because more or less this is the same bunch of players we've had for a long time now. We've all seen the problems. We've known about Dyer for how long? And not just Dyer, other players in that team. I'm using him as an example, and this is bad. And Eric Dyer, if you do listen to this, I apologise for falling you out. Um, he's listening. Don't yeah, worry. yeah, yeah. I hope so because I, I do, I do love him and what what he gives to the team. You know, he's been a fantastic. So, I mean, Danny Rose was another one. Heart and soul. All right, he was a good player. You know, one of the better left backs around, and for a couple of years, he was he was a top left back. You know. Um, but blood and guts, even when he weren't having a good game, he was giving everything he could for the team. He's still watching the under-23s and giving them guidance. So I, I, Danny's okay, back, back to what I said. The, the way the way certain people were treated at our club, Danny Rose and I were disgraceful to treat him like that. He, he should have a statue yeah. built, that man. Um, um, so then I look at, okay, let's go to the next step. Let's go to the manager. Nuno's had six league games, a couple of cup games. Okay, um, if you include this Mickey Mouse European tournament, um, what did we really expect from him in that time with more or less the same players when we all know that hands are tied when it comes to transfers? Okay, uh, what, what, was, what was the direction? When he had that interview with Levy, what was the direction? What was wanted? What was asked? All right, because we got three wins without playing well in any of them, and now we've had three heavy defeats. Again. The City game wasn't too bad. The City game was the best game. Okay. And the first half against Chelsea was okay. He, he had some tactics okay. and some direction. Okay. The others were all crap. Again, and that's I come, including I come back Carabao to, Cup and Conference League. I come back to uh, his comments after the game and I think that certain things are above him. I think that's... Well, I can tell you what's above him. I can tell you what's above him because I've had first-hand knowledge given to me on the um, Bruno, um, sorry, Espirito, um, Nuno situation. So he is a man who is walking around being undermined or feeling that he's undermined. Mm -hmm. He's not trusting many people at the club right Mm -hmm. now. He is, information has been given to him, shared with him to help him and he's not taking it. He's actually paranoid he's paranoid because he was fifth choice he's paranoid because he um, has been given a two-year contract he's paranoid because he knows that levy is probably not really interested in him because he didn't want him he didn't initially want him it was paratici that decided that nuno germain we didn't go for fonseca because fonseca was too open and attack-minded, so Paratici wanted somebody more defensive-minded. That goes against the Levy DNA that he set out in his statement to fans after we got rid of Quick question, Jose. if I can just interrupt you for two secs there, because yeah. I, I don't know what you're saying. You said you had it first-hand, so I'll take your word at that. Uh, you know, um, But if Paratici has decided that he wants a more defensive team and he's the one that decided he wants Nuno, Who's running the club? Paratici is running sporting operations. Is he? So Paratici has been brought in as the buffer, if you like. So if it all goes tits up, Levy's saying, well, it's not me. It's not me anymore to blame. Uh, so what you're saying is Levy's got himself a little insurance policy there to cut himself some ice with the fans when it all goes tits up. Paratici is sitting on the bench and is calling out the instructions and doing all these things that would make anyone feel undermined. And yet people are wanting to lay the blame at Nuno's thing for being paranoid, so to speak, and not taking advice from the very man 
who is undermining him. I go back there to my that. point. I how, go back how, to my one point. Sec, one sec, Jimmy. No, one sec, one sec, Jimmy. One sec, one, one sec, one second, one second. One second, one second, my friend. There is all of that. However, what I also hear and what I've also said on this pod, which you may have not heard, is that Nuno is out of his depth. Right? Everybody at the club believes that he's out of his depth. He himself cuts a figure of someone who's out of his depth. The players haven't responded to him after about week two because he's out of his depth. Okay. Right? He hasn't been able to command the respect of most of the squad. And he undermined himself most recently when the club said no to the South American players travelling um, for World Cup qualifiers. They went to him and he turned around and said, yes, trying to win friends and influence people. And it badly backfired because we then, by doing that, you undermine the Crystal Palace team and that match because you knew you would be missing Sanchez, Romero and Lo Celso for that game and it was almost like well we're going to beat them anyway Okay, so I, I he hasn't recovered from any of that Okay, I can't speak for uh, particular circumstances and again I don't know who it is you don't do or don't know and who it is you do or don't get your information on yeah we have to I personally think we have to take a lot of what we hear of a pinch of salt because the only people that were in that room when he did or didn't give permission was him and those players. So they're the only ones that know the actual truth. Okay, so I'm not saying he did. I'm not saying he didn't. Mate, it's sound. Saying... It's mustard. You'll hear it come out later okay. on. And, and it's all, and it's all everything I've been told, if you listen to the pod, mate, everything that I've stated comes out and has been verified. Okay. So I'm happy with that info. Okay. So I know you fair point, fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's I'm in just, the room. I'm just saying. But I'm you've got saying. to look at the evidence in front of you. Okay. You've got to look at what has been laid out and again, you've got to look at how players react. I, again, and, I don't know. So I can't, I can't say yes or no. But let me come back to something. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just gave you the reference of Dyer giving blood and guts, but just maybe not being good enough. Okay. Let's take that same analogy with Nuno. Okay. Maybe he's giving his all. And he's just not good enough, right? I understand completely um, if players uh, then go, oh, well, I don't really think this manager knows what he's doing. But when you get onto that pitch, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with the manager, you do the job that has been set up. Now, you have the freedom on the pitch. Every player has it in decision-making. No one's controlling it. It's not Xbox. It's not PlayStation. No one's pressing X to pass the ball, and that's when you pass the ball. They have to make these decisions themselves. If we go back and look at, I'll I'll use the third goal that we conceded against Arsenal. Harry Kane had everybody in front of him, everybody, apart from Dyer, Sanchez and Lloris, three defenders around him, and decides to do some silly step over, gets caught, falls over, and they go straight down the other end and score. Okay, Kane chased back, tried to make good of it. They got a bit fortunate that it fell to Saka and he managed to do it. What? That's Nuno's fault? The, the only person's fault that is there is Harry Kane. And a player of his calibre should have the intelligence to look up and go, oh, everyone's forward, I need to play this ball off and keep it safe to keep shape. Okay, You cannot, um, as a manager, a coach, whatever you want to say, you cannot... Um, I can't think of the word. You can't make allowances or you can't um, plan for individual errors. we The goals we are conceding and have been since last season have been individuals making critical, like stupid Sunday morning level errors. 
Okay, you cannot lay that blame at Nuno's door. Now, I'm not saying he's doing everything right. I'm not saying I agree with his tactics. I'm not saying um, that that he's spot on because I think the four three three. We, we simply don't have the players to play it. Why on earth we are sticking with 4-3-3, I'll never know. Only Nuno knows that. Again, looking at comments after the game, trying to read between the lines of comments that other people who have left the club have said about the club, I wouldn't mind betting that he's being dictated to what he can and can't do. Levy's saying, we need to play attacking, play a 4-3-3. And he's going, uh, what can I do? Um, we don't have the players to play it. We should never be playing that system. Absolutely. What system should we be playing? Anything but that. Um, I, again, I don't know. I think the four-two-three-one has suited Spurs a lot over the years with Harry Kane. As Isn't that talisman. more attacking? What four-two-three-one than a four-three-three? Absolutely not. So four-two-three-one. Yeah. You use... play. Who would you play in your four-two-three-one versus your four-three-three? Well, the, my my issue with the four-three-three uh, is that we are leaving our full-backs very exposed and we have got very attacking full-backs whoever we play. Even Tanganga's being told to get forward rather than defend, which he's very good at. So we're playing four-three-three with very... It's more like playing a three-five-two, but but not with wing-backs, playing them with wingers. Um, and that see, is leaving us really, really... No, but again, you didn't see the Arsenal game, but from what I was looking at with the shape, no. we was being pulled no, no. The apart reason, in the midfield. The reason I say it was, the reason I say it was, I know I can imagine we're being pulled apart in midfield. I, we get pulled apart in midfield quite often, and this is why I'm just questioning what whether it's the shape that will make the difference. Because, and you also said Tanganga's being told to play more offensive which is interesting I say it's interesting because in the Chelsea game Royale was obviously being told not to be um, attacking and leave it to the left hand side it was a lopsided one because Reguilon was getting forward and Royale didn't get forward at all so that was because uh, he was getting absolutely crucified down the wing and he had to stay back the geezer can't defend anyway let alone if he got well, forward had to try and get back and defend Jesus well, all I'm saying is the tactics have changed. I don't think we've got a consistent idea of what we I, want I, to do. I think there's again. I come back to players. I think I, I think Nuno has an idea. I don't think he has the players to do it. I don't think. So he what knows do you think his idea it. is? Four three I think, three. I, I think he has an idea of how he wants to play, but I think he's been undermined at every turn by players, by people above him, by people around him. Um, but coming on to the the third person or the third party that you blame for what is happening at Tottenham because this isn't one game this isn't one bad game a bad day at the office that we've had you know Ledley King was on commentary and they was asking him questions and you could see that he wanted to say more but he was also very aware that he's a Spurs ambassador and he can't start laying into people on live telly um, I think yeah. that was fairly obvious you know I think he was very diplomatic and handled himself very well um, this problem when when we lost that Champions League final, Poch said we need a painful rebuild now. We need to look at this. We never really replaced Walker. Okay, Trippier was all right. I quite like Trippier actually because I thought he was a better defender than Walker. Although I think Walker's gone on to new heights since. I'm talking about when Walker left Spurs. Um, and, but then Trippier left after a year or so, and uh, we had Aurier in, who's a calamity at best. Um, he's gone, and we're left with a kid. Uh, a player that Nuno clearly doesn't want in Doherty um, and Royale who's as yet unproven but doesn't look like defensively he's got it for me um, 
I know he's a kid and he can learn and develop, but that's another story. But but that's just one position. But we've all seen this for so long. We've seen it coming. Potch said it and was ousted because of it. Jose said it and was ousted because of it. Nuno's in there. So, you know, it's only a matter of time for Nuno's. It can't keep being the manager's fault. Um, I, I can't remember what you do for work, but if you're in charge at work of a team or anything, if you hire someone and they don't do the job, so you let them go, and then you hire someone else to do it, and they don't do it, so you let them go. So you hire a third person, and they don't do it, so you let them go. In the end, your boss says to you, are you the right person for this job? Because you can't pick the right people. But no one's asking that of Levy, because he's almost untouchable. I'm not knocking what the man has done for us financially in building a financially stable club and the infrastructure that he's put there. Okay, The time to sell was when we got to that Champions League final. And he was banking on us winning that to get the value that he wants. Another great example, the geezer wants 40 million for Harry Winks. On what planet does he think anybody would pay 40 million? I wouldn't pay 40 million Ugandan dollars for Winks. I wouldn't pay... What's, what's the exchange rate of Ugandan dollars? I don't pound, know. I'm know? just I'm just doing it from face, Jackie, you know, when he rings up for the... Give me the details for your bank and stuff like that. You know, it, it wouldn't, I don't know, rupees or, or fucking Yeah, no, I munch. get the point. <laughs> I get yeah, the point. Jimmy, I mean... Jimmy, let's let's take it away from Levy. I, think, I don't think there is a, a Spurs fan left on the planet that doesn't want Levy You're out of the Facebook club now. You're not on Facebook then, are you? Jesus. Well, no, I do see some of the comments on Facebook, but I'm talking about a sensible Spurs fan. At the end of the day... Levy for finance has been great to a degree. And I say great to a degree because I think we're financially secure. We obviously got into the um, Super League discussion and, well, the league itself, based on our financial position, being the, was it, 12th richest club in the world. So that's why we were in that league. Literally. 12th richest club in the world. You got a net spend of 29 million over five years. <laughs> no, wonder well, we're, no wonder we're the best. We don't spend bugger all. We just save it all. Well, we, we spend it on the stadium, which is the best stadium no, in the world, but it was Did over spend budget. it on the stadium. Some funds went to the stadium. Some Not fun- all of the funds okay, were some funds loans. Went, yeah. But then bank loans were taken out against that the pandemic loan was taken out against that it was remortgaged yeah, no, against no. other assets it hasn't been given a stadium 400 million yet. 400 million was taken out in the and initial nobody, investment nobody loan. talks about the money we got and repaid in yeah. um in late fees to bring that down the stadium was this billion pound figure right is a myth okay yeah, it was if a, it, even it if was it was 800 million, 800 million. Even right. if it was 800 million, 400 okay. million of that was um, the JP Morgan, wasn't it? The investment loan. Right. And then the other loan for the government loan was to manage operations during the pandemic. Okay. And then that was repaid with a structured loan, okay. which was extending the repayment plan. So at least okay. 400 but million or so. against assets, okay? There's the fees yeah. for it being late. By the way... Yeah companies nearly went bust because of the amount they had to repay back to Spurs. That stadium stadium has cost Spurs sub 500 million, right? Now, in the time that Levy's been there... Sub 500 in total? Yeah. Or were were you taking into account the loan? Oh, taking into account the loan. So so Spurs have paid out 500 million? Maximum. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So 500 million, 400 million, that's still... A lot of money that has been gone that's gone to a stadium that hasn't gone to transfers, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it has, but that's a, that money's been banked for the last 20 years. We made no, that, no. We made that we're money. We're saying the same point. We're we made that money point. under Poch's qualification and how far he got in all of his seasons in the Champions League. We made that 500 million then. And Poch weren't position, allowed to spend and it. For getting the league position, just qualifying for the Champions League. For the rights for that alone, and then the the prize money for how far we. Got. I'm just saying you've got you've got the t- the f- two factors because the higher league position you get, the more millions you get. So the combination of the two, you, you're t- trying to with the gate fees, you're getting probably a hundred million a season, um, all in. So and I, I get your point. I get you. Well, you've got to minus salaries, etc., expenses as oh, well. So you're talking but, profit, all right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just talking about yeah. incomings. Yeah, so we know Levy's the the problem. We we know that at the end of the day. But but this, will... but this is but this is my no no sorry. This is exactly the crux of it, and this is what really gets to me as a Spurs fan, right? Because we sit here and we as, as fans, we we almost forget what's going on there, and we blame players either individually or collectively and we blame managers and coaching staff either individually or collectively and say that the problem's always in the problems with them when you see the problem and you are the business owner okay you do it i'll give uh, the example i gave to my dad the other day okay if you've got a boat and you're out at sea and there's a little hole in the bottom of the boat just a tiny hole and it's only letting in a drip of water okay you don't go and put a plaster on it okay don't worry it'll be all right uh, leave it and a week later come back oh, just put another plaster on it because right. that hole over time gets bigger and bigger and bigger until all of a sudden the boat is sinking and you've got a major repair job on your hand that is what Levy has done with Spurs we have managed to do pretty well particularly in the Poch era even in the Redknapp era we've managed to do pretty well and compete to a degree based on the players we had and the money we had available and everything. Once you got to a certain standard and once you saw they were going, Jan went, Toby went. Here you go, Lloris. You mentioned Lloris. I know, I don't think you're his biggest fan. I know my brother certainly isn't. I think he gets a bit of a hard time. But... No, I'm a fan of Lloris. I'm okay, a fan fine. Of the geezer's 34 years old. Of course he's not going to be what he, what he was at 28 years old, 29 years old. He's a World Cup winner, he's French captain, he's Spurs captain, he's a decent leader, he puts in good performances. Does he make mistakes? Yes. And are they highlighted when you're a goalkeeper? Yes. Okay, that's fine. We've all known for a good two or three years that we need to start thinking about a new keeper. I've, I've heard that he hasn't had a contract extension and it's up at the end of the year as well. Even more ludicrous. Okay. I don't know if he hasn't had an extension offer or he hasn't taken it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either, but... Regardless, I think he's only got to the end of the season on his contract at present, which is which is another another point. But we've known for a few years. Now, if we know as fans, do you not think other clubs who have got good goalkeepers know? And we've failed to go and get a goalkeeper as a number two that can really challenge him for his position. There have been goalkeepers at clubs that have gone down or clubs that have been near the bottom of the table that we've all said, they're not a bad keeper. They're not a bad. Why don't we have a look at him? And if they'd have been there for a year or two under him, maybe now they could be progressing, particularly if they're a young keeper. Now what happens at the end of this season, everybody knows Spurs need a top goalkeeper to have any chance of anything. So straight away, 20 million stuck on the price. And you think Levy's going to pay it? No. So who are we going to end up with? What, this Galini guy that we've just signed? He ain't the answer. He ain't any better than Lloris. He's worse than Lloris. He's not a bad keeper, but he's, he's not as good as Lloris. So what, he's going to become our number one. And who's going to become our number two then? Who are we going to sign? Let's re-sign Michel Vaughan. 
It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Like, but, and this but is, hold again, on, hold on a position. second, hold on a second, hold on a second, though, Jimmy. Hold on a second, hold on a second. I don't want to get into the Levy, Levy, Levy. We know Levy is the but pain it's his point, fault. and we know Joe Lewis is. Yeah, it's his fault, but. So but, the performances on the no, pitch. No, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, the performances on the pitch aren't his fault. Yes, they are. The the club is rotting. The club is rotting. I give you that. The club needed investment, or the team needed investment many years ago, and it didn't happen. I'll give you that as well. However, however, that being said, is Kane a good player? Yes. Is Son a good player? Yes. Do we have other good players? Loris, you've mentioned. Yeah, we have we have players. Okay, hold on, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do we have players that try? Yes. Do we have players that don't try? Yes. Do you think we have a system right now? Yes or no? I'm going to press you on yes or no. System in terms of what? A team system, a playing style. We do, an but they're not performing it. So, what do you think our playing style and identity is under Nuno? Um, I think he's trying to build a a fast paced. Attack inside with his four three three. Um, I think with Son more and so Kane, a counter attack inside or a front no, foot high I press think, inside. Yeah, I think more of a, a front foot high press inside. Um, you know, I see Why do you think that? Because you look at the personnel that he's using and the system that he's trying to play in a four three three, and that's what it, that's the only thing it lends itself to. Yeah, Nuno's not, not a counter attack inside. No, no, because we're not setting up like that. But we're not. We're not pressing. We're not pressing Granted, which is every the, game. Which is why I said at the start, this is 20% on the players. That's the ones that aren't applying themselves, that are doing their own thing and everything else. And you again, go back and watch the comments on Sky Sports and you'll see what he's saying, okay? There is 20% blame here on the players. But those players, we all know, with the exception of one or two exceptional players in Harry Kane and Son, and then a couple of very good players in... Um, but hold like on, Laura. hold on. No, 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 hold on. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. This is my pod, this is my pod mate. you got to hold on. Sorry, mate. Um, you say we're playing a pressing style. You mentioned Harry Kane as an exceptional player, yeah. right? You say players are not doing their bit. So is Harry Kane pressing? No, but he's not applying himself at the moment. That's one of the players I'm referencing. So, so call it out. Harry Kane is not doing his job. Correct. And that is one of the reasons. Yeah. Right? So who else is not pressing in that forward line? Other in the forward line, Son and Son well, and that's where it starts. Okay. Son okay. and Mora press. Kane's going through the motions, and that's because his heart's gone, in my opinion. Okay. And then you can't just press with a front three. So are the midfield pressing? Hoybier's doing what he can. Skip's doing what he can. Um, and Dombele's doing it in patches. I think Ali is actually working incredibly hard and gets a bad rap, but that's another story. Um, who else plays in there? Winks, Bergwijn. See, Bergwijn's another one. He tries hard, but he's just not good enough, and we're persisting with him. You know, we knew we knew that from the first dozen games. He scored a great goal against Man City and everyone thought LO. And then after I another had... half a dozen games, it was like, mm, okay. His first first season was very good. When he came, from that point onwards, when um, Son and Kane got injured, he was part of a forward three that actually worked really hard and really well. I'm not saying in... he doesn't work hard. No, no, I'm saying in his first dozen games, in his first season for the club, before he got injured, that was actually somebody who looked like they could do something. After that, well, he doesn't seem to have Then we've got recovered. a very different opinion of, of what someone looking good does. Well, well, the stats, the stats, he got three or four goals, 
three or four assists, was got us up the pitch, carried the ball, and like I said, when Kane and Son were both injured, it was him, Delhi, and Lucas that were carrying the side. If you want to talk about before stats, the pandemic, if, if you want to talk about stats, sixty odd percent of this country think Boris Johnson is a good prime minister. That's well, a stat. <laughs> I'm, I'm not talking about politics. No, but my point is you can use stats to prove whatever point of you want. Of course you can, be read but I'm way. talking about Don't the eye test as well. But I'm talking about the eye test as well. Burbank. You watch the games, I watch the game. After it's half like you saying dire. But it's like you saying dire. After half a... Okay, go back yeah. and watch. Think about those half dozen games. What? Right. Who's, Look at what he contributed. Bergwijn. You're talking yeah, about yeah. Bergwijn's first half a dozen games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He scored three goals in four games or okay. something to that effect. Right? Okay. Um, he carried Spurs up the field with his driving runs and um, we were playing counter-attacking football and he was a key element of that. So you, I'm just touching on your comment of the, his first half a dozen games. Half a dozen half is dozen six to games. a dozen games, yeah. I said half a dozen yeah, well, to a dozen. Six or twelve games. Six yeah. or twelve games. Call like, it nine games, yeah? yeah his first nine games like... were very good. That's what Work, I'm saying to you. Worked hard, looked strong and pacey. Um, didn't. But that's Bert, ha- that's have enough of, Didn't have enough of it. Yeah, but I've already said he's not good enough. But he he gives everything he can. Yeah, so Bert gives that. everything he can. Yeah, but but I put him in the same bracket as Dyer as not being good enough. Oh, okay, I put so Dyer needs to go. Yeah. So Dyer needs to go. Yeah, I've never said he hasn't. I've just said I won't okay. get on his but back. But you had like a different energy. Do. You had a different energy for Dyer than you've got for Burke. No, I didn't. That's all I'm pointing out. No, I didn't. No, I think you did. Well, no, let's move on. <laughs> Nuno, does he deserve to earn more time? Um, and if so, how much? Yes and no, because that job's a poison chalice. Whoever got it, you know, you said he was fifth choice. You're right. He was fifth choice. Um, what did anyone, whatever manager you got in there? What did anyone honestly expect of them? What what did anyone honestly with that group of players expect Spurs to go and do this season? We are let's talk about the top four in City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. They are five years ahead of us right now. I don't Let, think anyone expected top four. Okay. So then let's talk about the next bracket down, which is West Ham on current form, Leicester. Um yeah. you, you would have Everton. said Art. You would yeah, Everton. You would have said Arsenal up until the start of the season that they had, but Arsenal would have been in that mix. All right. I think they still are, but go uh, on. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, they are now, thanks to beating us. But um, up until then, we was all laughing at them. But you look at you look at those four. Are Spurs really in in good enough shape to not just compete but but exceed them? Were we really the fifth best team? Because if we weren't in that, top but what four, are you talking about on paper? Best. Are you talking about players on paper? Talking I'm talking about the expectations of of looking at the squad that we had and where you realistically so expected them to get to. Forgetting the okay. manager for one second, because you had Jose, one of the greatest managers of the Premier League era. Okay, not saying, you know. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's in success. decline. Okay, he's in decline. He's he's still done it and achieved it. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, he's done Pot- it and achieved it, but you he's in Pot- decline. was doing really well. Okay, so. If you could have any manager, who would you have? Well, no, that's not the question. Let's let's talk about no. But, but what I'm saying time. is that that that's a poison chalice. So I I actually feel really really sorry for Nuno. I feel like he's been dealt a bad hand. He's being made a scapegoat. He's been a, a real poison chalice, and he was damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Short of a miracle, he didn't have much. We were just hoping that he could play some attacking football to keep the fans happy, and end up fifth or sixth in the league. 
So what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing is that it's all Levy, it's yep. all Joe Lewis. Yeah. It's no matter who we get in, no matter what's spent on the club, it's not going to work because it's all Levy. Is that what you're saying in summary? Uh, kind of, yeah. Okay, so you don't think there is a manager that can work under the current climate, the current situation with a director of football who wants to bar cords and sit on the bench, a chairman or ownership group um, or duo who don't really invest, more worried about the net spend being closer to zero um, than anything else, but have a decent crop of players all in all that could do better than Nuno's doing? I don't think that there is a manager out there that can get any more out of these players than what has already been got out of them. Interesting. I mean, so you use the analogy of Frank Lampard earlier, yeah. right? Which was a good analogy. But then at the same time, yes, a different group of players, a different crop of players. There was a lot of talent in that Chelsea squad that Frank couldn't get the best out of. But Tuchel came in and within a day, pretty much got the best out of. So it just goes to show that a manager can make a great deal of difference. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So all I'm saying is, we say it's Levy, and I'm, I'm not, listen, I'm Levy out. I have been for a long while. But my point is, you can't just say it's all Levy because somebody has to guide the ship. Someone has to put in tactics, decision making, um, speak to but the I team, and go, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And also give direction. I know for fact that Nuno hasn't prepared the team well in terms of things like team conversations, pre-match team meetings are not being held on time and not being held in the right way. He's not being forceful enough in certain situations um, with the team. So he has accountability there. Don't get me wrong, the hand he's been dealt is a terrible one, but he still has accountability. I'm not, I'm not saying he's yeah? completely blameless, by the way. I'm not saying he's completely blameless. All right, Obviously, there is some degree of blame, but he is a very, very easy target to point at with all this going wrong. When you look at the length of time that these issues have been around, right? Mm-hmm. you have to look at who's been there long enough to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Players, we know this. We know this. But okay. we're, we're beating the same drum. We're beating the same drum. We know it's Levy. I'm not disagreeing with you with, with, with the problem that we have at the club. All I'm saying is, this is the here and now. Is, is Levy going to go tomorrow? What's the likelihood? Levy going or a manager going? Yeah, of course it is Nuno going. But, but that's not how I took the question. The, the question is, does he deserve more time? The answer is absolutely he does. Right? I will back the he manager. absolutely... Does deserve okay, more which time. is fine. So that's your answer. Yeah. So he deserves more time, and you say that because he's been dealt a poison chalice, or just because he hasn't had enough time. Do you see Both. enough in him? Do you see enough in him in what he did at Wolves, how he ended at Wolves, and how he started at Spurs? And I'm including preseason because I've been watching it all preseason. Okay. I didn't watch where a lot we've of looked pre-season. uninspired. Um, we've come into the season, as you mentioned, three victories where we looked uninspired apart from the City game, three terrible defeats in the league, back to back to back. And then you look at the performances in Europe, one defeat, one draw away, 
a decent victory at home, a Carabao Cup performance away where we've squandered a 2-0 lead. Um, we don't have a style of play, defensively not strong. Even in the Wolves game and the Watford game, we could have conceded and probably should have conceded. And then that would have glossed over, we kind of glossed over what were very poor performances in those games. Um, clearly, clearly a man who's let breath of confidence and belief that he is in charge for whatever reasons, for whatever reasons I might add, because Jose cut a different figure and obviously Jose's Jose, but he cut a different finger figure under that regime. So these are the reasons why I'm saying, is he out of his depth? Have you seen enough? Or do you think we, it's a silly conversation just because he hasn't been given more than 10 games? Uh, I think it's a silly conversation because he has been given a Lego set in effect and asked to rebuild St. Paul's Cathedral. <laughs> um, you can't give this guy the tools you've given him and then expect him to... But should he be doing better? Um, not really. No, really? Not really. You don't think you don't think another manager could have done better than what he's doing? Um, I don't think someone like Jose would have just conceded nine goals in three games. So then someone else but, could have done better. But then but we had that person and we decided to get rid of no, him. No, no, forget what, who we had and who we haven't well, had. You're just and, asking about if someone else can do better. No, I yeah, but you're talking about someone who we had. Yeah. I'm talking about and somebody else. <laughs> somebody else then. So you're saying because Jose did better, then some then then Nuno can do better. Given the right tools, yeah. But no, he, no, forget the right tools. You just said Jose could do better. Jose yeah. did do better. He had the same tools. Yeah, because Jose had a, a a bigger profile, so probably commanded a little bit more respect. And I think from a, a mental standpoint, in in terms of getting the mentality of the team right, Jose's got vast, vast experience in comparison to Nuno on that and therefore could lean on that a lot better with the team he had around him uh, as in his, his management team his number two his coaching staff etc um, I think Nuno I think Nuno has stepped in thinking the problem was one thing and actually he's got in and realized the gravity of the situation I think that's just dawning on him and he's like ah I'm in trouble so I, I get there's a bit of panic there um, if he is the one responsible for playing four four three, I think he is responsible there because I don't think we have the players to play that system. Um, but if he is setting up a team or asking him to do something and the players are doing something different, that's on the players. And if he needs different personnel, different staff, different whatever, whatever it is he needs, how you you can't bring someone in to do a job that you can't do and then them tell you, okay, well, this is how I need to do it. And then you dictate to them a different way. It's exactly the same as building the stadium. Uh, Levy brought in a contractor to do that job and then turn around and, and started quibbling over the materials that were being used and how much it was cut and blow and went and done it all himself. Basically it's a little bit like, well, if you know how to do it, go and do it. If you don't, then leave it to the expert. And the expert that Levy has chosen to put in that position is Nuno. So you have to give him... Or is Paratici. Paratici to get Nuno. Okay, fine. Paratici to get Nuno. And we had that discussion earlier, so I get that and I understand that. But but if Paratici has gone and got Nuno, 
then Parasashi has to be empowered enough to give Nuno what he's asking for in order to do the job he's being asked to do. Agree, yeah. Yeah, so if Paratashi has been given that and isn't giving it to Nuno, that's on him. But I'm looking at the whole time and who's got form for this kind of thing and who hasn't. Paratashi's been there six months. Mr. Levy and Enik have been there 20 years. So we knew before Paratashi was on the scene, before others were on the scene, that reinvestment, redevelopment of the squad was heavily needed. And now the crows have come home to roost. We're trying to fix it. And it is so easy. It's much easier to point the finger at one person who is expendable than point it at someone who is not expendable or a group of people. It is so much easier to single out one guy. And he is standing in a very lonely place right now. And I feel sorry for him. I feel really sorry for him. And he is a nice guy. And he is a nice guy. And listen... I'm I'm pushing you on this because I don't disagree with the Levy situation you're presenting. I just think, however, at some point, if Levy manages to hire or Paratici manages to hire, let's just say it was Graham Potter. I think Brighton lost tonight. I don't know. But let's say it was a Potter, right? And Potter was able to eke and get something out of this group of players. And I'm not saying a, a title. I'm saying scraping at fourth or even fifth and a trophy with the same circumstances, you would still not like Levy, but it would mean that somebody did better than Nuno in this position. And if that is the case, or if that proves to be the case, that means that Nuno is not good enough and could have done more. And that's all I'm trying to say. And I'm not saying it's Nuno out. I'm just asking the question, does he deserve more time? And if so, how much? And I think you've answered that question. Yeah, I mean... And your answer was yes. Yeah, he, he does deserve more time simply because he hasn't been given anywhere near enough time to judge him and he hasn't been given the right tools to do the job. How much time is a very difficult question to answer because obviously it can't keep declining. Um, but... All right, let's say Graham Potter because he looks a decent manager and everything. I, I, the bit that scares me the most, we had five managers or four managers turn us down. Not we didn't turn them down. Don't don't mm. believe that they turned us down. Well, Fonseca, Fonseca came out and said that we turned him down. Okay, Fonseca because yeah. of the style of football or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. Other, others turned us down. We yeah, know, Ten Hag, Conte, um, who else? There was somebody else. Oh, um, Nagelsmann. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we, yeah. Had, we had people distance himself. Now, I can't see any young upcoming manager. I'll, Eddie Howe's a good example for me. I know he's been out of it a little, a couple of years now. but, but Eddie, Sorry, Eddie Howe was interviewed. I'm just going to let you know. He was interviewed and Spurs said him and his sidekick are a bunch of clowns, basically. Okay, fine. Well, so, yeah. whatever Spurs did or didn't want, but let's use him as an example. I don't think anyone like that is going to take the Spurs job if they was offered it, Okay. I don't think any manager of the calibre that we need, the Peps, the Klops, the Jose's of, of that degree, that pedigree, are going to come anywhere near it. So the only type of manager you are going to get, and I think Nuno may unfortunately fall into one of these categories, is somebody at the end of their career looking for a payday who doesn't care if they get sacked because they're on a massive contract and it'll be a laugh, or somebody who's a little bit naive. And I think Nuno might be a bit of the latter, might have thought that, 
Levy was going to give him a bit more than, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, uh, a little bit more than he's perhaps been given, that he, he was going to have a, a little bit more support around him and that things weren't in the, the dire situation that they are. Um, and I think he was a little bit naive in that, that and thought, you know, here's an opportunity for you to come and make a bit more of a name for myself. Um, I'm not judging Nuno on what I've seen at Spurs so far, but I will judge him on what I saw at Wolves. Um, I think he was very good at Wolves in that first season. I think he lost a few players after that, and so it was difficult to adapt. I also think people then worked out how Wolves play and other people improved and adapted, whereas before there was a bit of a surprise package. Um, I don't know if he has a, a plan B or a step two yet, um, but I don't think... I don't think we've had a full enough squad on on any given game day so far because of injuries or suspensions or being stuck in Croatia or whatever. I don't think we've actually had a full squad. We've had a decent eleven to put out, but in terms of then having well, changes to make, um, Sunday sure. was Sunday was full enough. You don't rate Bergwijn, so who was missing from that squad? Celso wasn't there. Um, was he not on the bench? No, I don't think so. I thought uh, he was on the bench. Oh, he, he may have been. I don't think he was. Maybe I missed that. Regardless, um, you know, Lacelso is one I'm a bit disappointed in because I thought he was going to have a bit more about him when he joined. Shocking. You know, I like the look of him, but um, um, I, I don't think he's got anywhere near what I thought he would have. Um, and I think, you know, this is this is his season to prove it. Um, and I don't think he's going to because I think the support isn't around them to do it. Um, and and he's got a lot to learn. Um, but but that's just one of of many, you know. I've always I've liked Harry Winks to the degree of I think he's a useful player in a squad man. But the last two seasons, I know he's been in and out. He hasn't been at it, and he's getting found out. You know, Oliver Skips as good as him, and he's a couple of years younger, so you only need one of them. Um, you know, I I know I'll get slated for saying this. I genuinely would have kept Musa Sissoko, genuinely for his experience and versatility and engine. Because that's the sort of thing you need in there right now. A bit of guts. Because we're gutless. I, 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 get, I get your point. It's just how do you do the rebuild if you keep the likes of a system? No, no, no. I get your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so to, I mean, let's be honest. We could sit here and name every player. There's probably about six we'd keep between us. Seven, maybe. Right? And we can agree mm. and disagree on one or two. But let's push the boat out so we get to both have our own way and keep seven or eight. The squad's 22 players, 24 players. So you're talking about keeping seven or eight. So even if it's you... wages, it's wages though, isn't it? Uh, he, get... he was him and Lamella between them were probably on close a... to 180 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So look, I, I, I get that. I get that. And I get, you know, there's a money thing in there. Um, but we can't just turn around and turf out what was eight off of 24, 16 players and bring in 16 new players for one season, it has to be done gradually because that, that would just have a massive imbalance in the squad. So that would cause a big problem in itself, um, one that is too much of a risk for us to take as a, as a club. So I get that. But this is, again, why it should have been being done gradually since the Champions League final lost to now. We shouldn't have fallen from where we were then to where we are now. And the buck has to stop well, even the before top. then, even before Yeah, even I mean, before the, the Champions, Champions League, League run papered over a lot of crap. Yeah, didn't it? Let's yeah. be honest. I think we'd all said at that time, 
God, the squad looks tired. With the 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 pace of football had slowed down. The ideas had slowed down. The creativity had slowed down. We we you know we were just getting through. We wasn't. Whereas yeah, before that, we were really having a go at teams. You know, there was yeah, one or two years in there. What was great. key? Yeah, I think what was key to your point is that any time Ericsson stepped out of that side, um, for whatever reason, the side was bereft of ideas. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that was and that he, was his worrying. vision. His vision was yeah. superb. I mean, I was very much, I wanted always wanted more from Ericsson, particularly in a Premier League yeah, setting, you know, up same, more same, but same. from a vision and uh, passing passing range stage, stage yeah. of view. See, this is what my hope for Lacelso was that he was a younger Ericsson who had to learn that that yeah. ilk of the trade, but with a bit of physicality. But from what I've seen so far, he's nowhere near. Yeah. It. <laughs> you he, know? he hasn't got a passing range. He hasn't got a passing range. He just doesn't have the well. passing range and vision. He has a bit of vision, but he doesn't have the passing range. He doesn't even have a strong enough pass to break the lines half the time. But listen, we, we've run long. You were right. Um, if you could change one thing, and I don't want Levy, <laughs> I don't want Levy as being the answer, or Joe Lewis, or Enoch. If you could change one thing right now, what would it be? The transfer policy. You didn't say I couldn't have that. You're trying to, you're trying to, yeah, I see what you've done there. Um, The transfer, all right, go on, elaborate, and don't just say spend millions. I'll I'll try and be quick on this point. Obviously, you can't just go and spend millions. Obviously, we're not Chelsea or Man City, okay? But, again, I come back. The rebuild needed to be done the season that Poch left the beginning of that season, the end of then. It hasn't been done. It's been delayed and delayed and delayed. Now you have a big problem and now you have to spend a lot of money to do it. This is going to be painful. But the sooner we start it, the sooner we come out the other side. We saw what Poch could do on a shoestring budget, but when he was at the beginning of that, allowed to make... With young, hungry players. That's that's the other thing, right? So why don't we say, Risen, chalk this up, sit down with Nuno and go, right, we need to put a project in place. This is a three-year plan, okay? You're going to be given the grace of this season, providing you don't get into a relegation scrap, right? But in January, we're going to go out, we're going to get rid of four players, and we're going to bring in four players, and you're going to have final say on who they are. And we're going to embark on this project together, and we're going to see where we get to year on year. And if you start falling off a cliff, you're in bother. But as long as you're showing a bit of progress then hopefully in two or three years' time, we're in such a stronger position and that's a platform to build on. Because right now, short of being in a relegation scout, we're as low as we can go. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the, yeah. the performances and the hunger and desire, you know, uh, it, it's so just So similar there. to what they've done down the road with Arteta then, give him that grace What we've done at the start build. with Poch. What we've done at the we start did, with Poch, just redo it. Yes, it's different. It's different. So, I, I mean, I get your point. And I think that would have been easier to do had we sold Kane um, because Again, we would have had funds. And, and you and I had a conversation two years ago and you said we should mm-hmm. sell Kane and I said, you're mad. Um, yeah. uh, you know, but the summer just gone was the time to cash in massively. It, mm-hmm. You know, um, we got all we could get out of him. And and now you've got this this point where Kane clearly doesn't want to be there, and I don't blame him. I feel sorry for him again. Um, I think he could put a little bit more into his performances. But <sighs> this, I don't blame Kane thing, right? And I think we're going to end on this, but this, I don't blame Kane thing. 
you don't blame him for what wanting to leave to win trophies, or you don't blame him because the club's gone downhill and he's given his all. What? What? what so, is, so I don't like, blame him for wanting to leave and win trophies. I, I can't begrudge that of anyone who's been a, a servant the way he has and others over the years. You know, if we're lacking ambition as a club, and there are players of that caliber, Son would be another one. They deserve to go and win things. Of course they do. Okay, um, so stop, stop there, stop there, stop there. I'm just gonna. I'm being controversial, stopping you there, but. Don't blame him for wanting to go and leave to go and win trophies yep. when he's had the opportunity to win four trophies at Spurs and not shown up for whatever reason. Um, I think not showing up, Jimmy. Jimmy, he's, I'm harsh. a Kane fan. I'm a Kane fan. I think he's harsh. not shown up. He didn't show up in the Champions League final. And you can argue he's injured when he shouldn't have been on the pitch. Because Lucas has scored a hat-trick in the semi-final and was doing okay that season. Um, he I, didn't I, show up I, in the last League Cup final. I was going to say, just on the Champions League final, uh, I agree Lucas should have been on the pitch, but at the time I agreed he should have been on the pitch over Son, not over Kane. Because you're going into a Champions League final with, at the time, um, and actually up until this season, in my opinion, the best striker in the world. If you had a chance and you wanted any one player for that to fall to... It was Kane. You wanted it to fall to. He was. And I disagree. I disagree. I disagree at, with not the fact that he's been one of the best strikers in the world in, in the last five years. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that point. I'm just saying, as a Spurs fan, Jimmy, let's let's take any emotion out of it and just let's look at Harry Kane coming back from one of a muscular or ankle injury over the last five or six years, and how many games does it take for him to even be able to be mobile on a football pitch? I, un I understand what you're I'm saying, but you're talking about a potentially uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, which is where, at the time, there was a gamble. Again, I don't dispute that Mora... Uh, should have been on that pitch from the start because I think he would have given us a different energy. And I actually think that particular season, Son done better for us when he come off the bench because it was like he had a bit to prove. Um, and that would that, that would have been the change I would have made personally. But that season, didn't he get us? He got us to the semi-final with his goals against Man City. Who, Son? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, hey, hey, we, anyway. We, we can we can pick points like that all day, yeah. Jesus. Um, but just Kane, my point on Kane is literally four finals, four defeats, and at some point you say you've got to start looking at the ownership. At some point you've got to start looking at Kane. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but th so. but this is a this is a a team sport, and if you want to go really in depth into every one of those occasions, could he have done more? Probably, but the whole team could have. Was there enough service in those games? No, there wasn't. Um, uh, he he still gave what he could and. You're talking about four games over how many seasons has he been with us now? Like in the first team, actually fully. So you're you're picking four instances. I can no, I can go. Performed. I can go more. I can probably give you eight, eight to ten. Okay. I'll give you eight to ten. What eight to ten I'll games that four, he hasn't performed? I'll give you four finals. Yeah. And I'll probably give you six semi-finals for okay. England and Spurs. Okay, forget England. And you Just tell me Kane's Spurs. record. You tell me no, no. We're not talking about. We can't forget those because Kane's played in those. And you're talking about service and you're talking about qualities as well. And for England, he's had the service, he's had the qualities and he's played a combination of, for both parties. He's played over six semi-finals and four finals and he hasn't performed. I think he's got two goals in all of those, which at some point you then have to look at the player. That's 10, 
games, high-profile, important games, when you're a talisman, you're one of the best players in the world, and even without service, you should be making things happen and performing better. You should come off the pitch being the best player on the pitch, having done the most, whether that be work rate, whether that be vision, whether that be creating chances off your own back, and in 10 games, he scored two goals. That's all I'm saying. The buck, at some point, has to stop with him as well. Unless you've got another hour, we're going to have to agree to disagree. I'm not saying that he's blameless again, but unless you've got another hour, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll leave it there. Jimmy, thank you very much. I told you it was going to be controversial. I told you we we have different opinions, and that's why it was good. Um, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on um, last minute and giving your all. No worries, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not good and enough now. It's cool. It's cool, don't worry. <laughs> no, no. I'm joking. I'm you joking know what I'm that. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, guys, thank you for listening. This has been a Quabna-less and Lero-less episode of the pod which doesn't happen often um thank you for bearing with us i hope you enjoyed i'm sure you will enjoy the um i'm going to call you the enigma for want of a better phrase right now jimmy and that is jimmy brilliant views passionate views which i love long long suffering spurs supporter with some good memories um and i'm sure we'll be getting you back when we've got kwabna and lero and the full gang going um and i think it'll be fun so all i'm left to do now is to say guys you know where we're at on twitter it's the shelf pod please follow us please join in our banter i'm going to start following jimmy to get his views as well if you're on twitter that is and um you know where we're at on all the um podcasting platforms so like subscribe do all of that good stuff that podcasters tell you to do and if you're on apple itunes please leave a five-star review because we only give you a five-star content so jimmy thank you once again cheers pal thank you it's bye from me lero run the outro (laughs) 